The following episode is brought to you uninterrupted by Clockshelves Entertainment's sister show, Paul and All. If you love me, your voice of choice, Paul Casey, talking with these various folks about Buffy the Vampire Slayer here on Buffyverse and Converse, you will absolutely love Paul and All, where we talk about a wide variety of subjects. Go check it out right now. They are the sponsor. We are the sponsor of this episode. Bringing it to you uninterrupted. to another episode of Buffy Verse and Converse. As always, I am Paul Casey, and I am absolutely delighted to have some of my favorite people back to talk about one of my favorite shows, and it's a top-rated episode by most accounts, by most people. So let's get some opinions from the folks that are joining me today. Some of those folks are Ruth, Bill, Kiona, James, and Amanda. Go ahead and say hello, folks. Hello. Hey, everybody. Hello. Hi. Hello, this is James. Back at it again. So, uh, as always, we are talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh, and the entire Buffy franchise here. Um, This episode, we are going to be talking about the episode Passion. And I knew this was a very, very important one that I wanted to get as many of us on. Of course, we couldn't do like an in-person thing. It's not a double episode, but I like to think that this is probably a bigger episode uh, in the uh, not only the season, but really the series overall for a variety of reasons. And I'm sure we will get into that a little bit later. But first off, as I tend to do towards the top of the episodes, I want to go through my four fantastic facts uh so in no particular order the fantastic facts for this episode passion are uh jenny calendar wonders how angelus got into her classroom and he quotes the enter all ye who seek knowledge however vampires don't need invites into public places as we've seen them in the school plenty of times I don't, yep. I'm assuming he was just being sarcastic, but I just thought it was kind of interesting that she was like, how did you get in here? Because, uh, you know, um, <laughs> this next one is a very long one. So buckle up. Yep. That's yep. That's yep. Exactly. <laughs> According to the script book, which I will definitely be adding to my Amazon wish list ASAP. I didn't really realize that was a thing. Uh, Angelus gives a different speech from the one that was in the original script. The original version is as follows. Hmm. Passion. It is born, and though uninvited, unwelcome, unwanted like a cancer, it takes root. It festers, it bleeds, it scabs only to rupture and bleed anew. It grows, it thrives until it consumes. It lives so. It must die in time passion it drives some to distraction some to despair some to vengeance it drives some to murder and others to madness 
Passion is the source of hope and the cause of despair. It is the source of life and the cause of death, unquote. In the show, however, it is, and I quote, passion. It lies in all of us, sleeping, waiting, and though unwanted, unbidden, it will stir, open its jaws, and howl. It speaks to us, guides us. Passion rules us all, and we obey. What other choice do we have? Passion is the source of our finest moments, the joy of life, the clarity of hatred, and the ecstasy of grief. It hurts sometimes more than we can bear. If we could live without passion, maybe we'd know some kind of peace. But we would be hollow. Empty rooms, shuttered and dank, without passion, we'd be truly dead. Unquote. I'm not going to lie. I like both versions. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I like the second one as it pertains to people. You know, the one that was actually in the show? Yeah, because passion... I. The first one, from just listening real quick, I didn't really analyze it totally, but because the passion can be like Giles' passion is as the watcher, what he does, and he has a passion for that, obviously. People have passion for education. Yeah, right. right. The teachers have their you know, passion for students. Well, I shouldn't say that. That's not me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, for teaching. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so it's... But the second one definitely talks to... Um, individuals and love and you know that whole thing i agree mm -hmm. fantastic fact number three the doors I, this i just saw this one I, I thought it was funny the doors on sunnydale high violate fire codes they should open outwards and be set so that they're unlocked from the inside in case somebody needs to exit such as when there's a fire or other emergencies like being chased by a vampire. Because Jenny <laughs> comes across multiple locked doors to the outside. What sense does that make? Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then the very last one, I actually had to go and listen. I had to look up on YouTube these two. I, I'm not going to lie. I only got halfway through the second thing, part of it. But here, I'll tell you. Uh, a fan of Buffy, singer Ed Sheeran, sampled the track Remembering Jenny from this episode in his song, A Fire Love. Uh, Remembering Jenny is the piece of music that's played at the end when they are, when Giles and uh, Buffy are standing near the grave. Um, and the actual uh, voice that you hear, uh, he's not humming along, but, you know, doing the, the ah uh, along is actually Anthony Stewart Head. Uh, but I actually went on to YouTube and mm. looked up the the song, the, the tune of uh, Remembering Jenny, and then went and listened. And the Ed Sheeran song is actually, I want to say it's either about his grandmother or grandfather, but it's uh, basically the, the concept of the song is um, about someone uh, dealing with someone who's going through uh, Alzheimer's. And how mm. they they don't remember you and and you know you you have all the memories and you still love them and a lot of times they remember that they know you but don't know why things like that so yeah I thought it was an interesting sort of take on the remembering part and the love part that's you know obviously in tune with Buffy and kind of changing it around a little bit but it also kind of shows how. Uh, how wide the fandom is that uh, Ed Sheeran actually uh, kind of interpolated one of the um, one of the song or one of the the tunes into his uh, song. 
Mm-hmm. So those cool. are my uh, my four fantastic facts. I have some other uh, little notes uh, later on in the episode uh, as we get going, but uh, we kind of teased it there. The, uh, the 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 big thing that really happened in this episode that I said before it was kind of a big one. So, um, but before we get into kind of this episode and it being you know such a, a big thing, uh, Kiona, you've actually not been on for a few episodes. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm kind of curious uh, if you had any thoughts on some of the episodes that led up to this, and then just this episode and basically coming back to this one and it being such a, a gut punch, if you will. Well, I think the only one that I missed recently was Bewitched, right? I think it was Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered was the one that I missed. It may have been that one. Were you on for Phases? Yeah, I was on for Phases, yeah. Okay, so then I apologize. You missed only one. No, it's okay. Um, But uh, just stating it for the record. But like, yeah, uh, so Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered. It's a Xander episode. Enough said. Um, No, I'm kidding. Uh, I think that was just it was wacky it was wacky it's it's not one of my favorite episodes to be honest um again it focuses on the very entitled perspective of one xander harris um i feel like we felt we felt actually in the discussion we felt it was more of the entitled personality of josh whedon but exactly (laughs) exactly well that's what i mean i mean xander is pretty much his his uh yeah good point though. the surrogate yeah very good point. Yeah, that is his surrogate character. That is his sort of self-insert character in a way. Not that Xander is without any kind of, um, you know, like like he has good aspects to his character, of course. I mean, I don't think he's entirely bad, but I do think that it's it's very much a self-insert and it's very much a, I, I think that whole episode just, especially knowing what's, occurred behind the scenes i think it's very indicative of how joss whedon is um so yeah not one of my favorites it was nice to see amy amy the witch again um sarah michelle geller can do her bedroom eyes and anytime and i'm for it um (laughs) cordelia was awesome charisma carpenter was awesome in that episode i really enjoyed her her role and i felt bad for her and you know we love us our charisma so um and of course and and oh poor willow i mean poor poor like i don't know i was was oz even in that beyond the one scene that he had he punched he basically went after after Xander and kind of punched him. It's cause... been a while since I actually watched that episode. I only watched like a little bit of it. And then right. I was just like, okay, moving on to passion. Well, they, I, had they, a, had, I had a limited time. They were time. in the van together too, right? Okay, yeah. So when she wanted to kiss him and he kind of was that or was that a previous episode? That was a previous one. That was yeah. a okay. previous, yeah. Gotcha. But yeah, no, he was he was there when he was like, I had to listen to Willow complain about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um yeah xander i i don't know i mean it has its moments of being funny it's just not one of my favorite episodes ever so to me it was more worthwhile to just skip ahead to passion wasn't wasn't oz looking for buffy yeah he was he was he found her as the rat in the basement yeah yeah she was naked i'm surprised you didn't say anything about that he got to see yeah oz got to see buffy naked so there's that Damn it, Oz! I'm so lucky. No. <laughs> he said, "Damn it, Oz!" 
<laughs> I'm kidding. Um, you know, it's yeah, uh, it's an episode that was. Um, passion for me is one of my top ten. Uh, yeah, like you said, I love the passion speech. I would have been happy with either version, honestly, because I like the, I like the uh, the unused version, and I like the one that they used in the show. I feel like the one in the show is a little bit more um sinister if that's yeah. the right word it just it just feels a little bit more like you know as as angelus is kind of stalkery serial killer um i would say it it definitely fits that mold a little bit more um but i do like the original script version as well i think that of course, the biggest thing that that occurs in the episode is Jenny Callender's fate, um, which is foreshadowed, I would say, pretty heavily, considering that everything seems to be on the up and up. Like, you know, Buffy seems OK with her. Giles is definitely like he's he's ready to resume their relationship or their courtship, I should say. Um, yeah, it's it's a I... rough episode is this the start of joss whedon pulling that nonsense kind of yes and i'm so glad that that kiona brought that up because uh that is definitely something that i that i saw when looking through some production things that uh i don't remember mm -hmm. the exact quote um and especially in hindsight after um all of the you know allegations and things that came out actually so here i'll read it mm -hmm. imdb which is very similar to wikipedia for those not interested mm -hmm. for those who uh may think that imdb is a more credible source it's not it's you not. can just add anything and this right here is uh, a uh, an example of that one of the uh, little in the trivia section it says um where was it here hold on i want to make sure that i have the correct they ah yes according to joss whedon uh jenny calendar's death serves as a notice to fans first that no one is safe death is scary and real and second that angel is not just a little evil he's not grouchy he's truly evil and buffy needs to address the situation the series creator also joked that it is a message to the actors quote be very good or I'll kill you, unquote. The second part of that section says, nice. edit, a power that Whedon has allegedly used and abused over the years. So someone added that to IMDb. Um, but mm. just that concept of uh, no one is safe. So basically anyone could die at any time. And the concept of Angel is, well, he's not Angel, of course, he is Angelus. I... I the show tries to make good use and most of the characters uh you know try to make good use out of in later in later obviously this because they're you know they still refer to him as angel and whatnot but you know in in later times they definitely uh try to make use out of separating the two um mm -hmm. but those two things uh i'm gonna kind of kick it to bill here as the as the first time viewer uh mm -hmm. for a variety of reasons uh one because uh, I know you had said uh, during the surprise and innocence thing that you were, and I believe even maybe an episode or two after that, you were kind of waiting for, um, you know, to really see the the bad 
in Angel. You thought maybe, oh, he was at first he was playing them and then it's uh, he doesn't see whatever in here. We see that. But also I thought you might kind of like the uh, the the thing that lost. uh, I don't want to say they took from this because obviously this isn't the first time this has happened in a show. But just that concept that no one is safe and anyone can die at any time. And, you know, that's very much uh, put to the test here with Jenny Calendar. So uh, it was a perfect transition to kick it right over to you, sir. Well, first of all, as you were speaking about Angelus Angel, I'm still not there yet. I don't know if that's normal as a first-time watcher to not be 100% buying him as this evil person yet, because I still see I still see Angel. So it's, you know, even though it does such a despicable, you know, thing at the end there. Now that, I got to say, that surprises me that even after this. Yeah, that, he uh, just still he's has from Willow's fish. Yeah, I know. But he just has this it's just not a put him out in the envelope. A, maybe he's too handsome. Maybe he's too handsome. For me. I was going to say, is it the actor or is it the character? Because, I, it's the actor. Oh, it's yeah. the actor, probably. Maybe it's... Maybe Wait, it's is that good-looking people can't be bad? Is that is that what we're going with? <laughs> all right. I, I just, you know, I guess it's because... I wonder people fall season. for my charm all the time. Yeah. I've, I've, you know, watching him for a whole season as Angel, nothing's really... I'm not going to say nothing's changed, but... I he's don't know. Just, I, he's I, very I, I was very cognizant when I was watching this to see and to gauge how far, and I, I'm going to say 70%. I'm 70% there. Okay. So, but yes. Um, but yeah, and, and so there are actually two lost things that I took note of. And I was so excited when, well, I wasn't excited that Jenny got killed, but once she did, and and he broke the computer and he burnt the paper and I'm like, but the disc and in my head I'm going it's like one of those lost things. But I guess it's kind of like, as lost fans, we were always smart enough to see that without having to have that last scene. Yep, we actually see the disc drop onto the floor and you're like, I, I knew that already. What are you doing? You know, right? I'm, but I'm it dropped on the floor and got wedged between the like. Well, Yes, but it, what he's saying, it, but what he's saying is, in his mind, he didn't need to the see reminder this. Was, he didn't need. He didn't need to be reminded of the disc is there. Right. It's just you know the one of those things that you kind like, of pick well, up on. Like Schroeder, Schroeder's gun. What is it called? Schroeder's gun or something? Or cat? Uh, che- no, check. No, he's Chekhov's he's not, gun. Chekhov's gun. gun. Yeah. 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 Schroeder's yeah, yeah, cat. Chekhov's gun. Yeah. But yeah, it's there, that, and you know it's there, and it's going to come back at some point. But. What if oh, it was hey, I didn't need that last, was, and I'm saying Lost would not show that last scene of the disc dropping on the floor because they knew we were smart enough to know it's out there already, you know. Um, oh yeah, this was back in what 1998. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. So, and then you know, so for, when I when I heard Jenny's neck snap, I was like, whoa! I that's what I I won't, my nose. I was like, wow! I did not see that coming. I mean, and it was the the sound of the crack of her neck. I was like, "That's what got me." I was like, "She's." But yet, you're still only seventy yeah. percent. Uh, <laughs> no, get, I do want to. He's got to get uglier. <laughs> I do. Uh, well, so uh, so I have something on that, but I want to ask you a question first because you sent a message to our group chat. Um, 
you said something along the lines of first Buffy episode at 35,000 feet. You were on a plane watching this one. Yeah, that so yeah. were you alone? Did you like want to jump out of your seat? I just, uh, it just, it just, I was watching it and just, you know, it was really, I was, it made the time go by. I'll tell you that. Was, Did you gasp out loud? <laughs> I might have made a little noise. That's funny. Yeah. Um, as for the, uh, the fact that, that so just, Obviously, we're going to skip ahead here. We're going to go over the episode uh, in its entirety, but it is it is interesting um, that you said about you know the fact that he's such a good looking person and whatever. And I'm sure uh, Amanda will want to kick in in just a moment to talk about that. Um, but uh, and Amanda have something in common. There you go. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, but I have a I do handsome, but he's also he's charming still. And I know that's actually the law of Dracula itself is a charming person, right? So. Well, so there, I have a, I do have a note here. Um, it, I was, I, I was debating whether to kind of up from four to more uh, fantastic facts, but I just figured I'd put it here as a note and just kind of contribute it later. Um, I did find a thing that says there was a lot of debate as to how Jenny Calendar should die. Um, Cause initially I saw that it was supposed to be Oz um, that Angel or sorry, Angelus uh, killed. Uh, but they felt there may have been a little bit more for his character and it may not have been as impactful. Um, but that Joss Whedon, with regards to Jenny, Joss Whedon, uh, Whedon vetoed the idea of Jenny being bitten because he wanted to make it absolutely certain that there was no chance at all of her coming back as a vampire. Because, of course, we would have that question in the back of our minds, I feel like. Not dissimilar to the disc thing, right? Even if we didn't see uh, a, you know, Angelus drink her blood or her drink his blood, that kind of question would always be in the back of her mind. Uh, back of our minds so he wanted to get that out of the way completely but when the decision was made to have Angela snap her neck there was more debate this time as to whether or not Angelus should be in his human form or vampire face when he does this it was eventually decided that he should be in the full vampire mode Whedon thought that if he did this with the human face it would be too disturbing and the audience would not want to see this person as someone Buffy could still love. Because arguably, uh, even I, I would say, you know, at the end of this episode, she's like determined, you know, okay, I have to kill him now. He's gone too far. Because something that she says earlier in the episode, um, and that but it's- she it's behind him and she didn't stake him. So I don't buy that. She she knows she needs to. L let me finish. Sorry. Um, please um but she she made the comment uh earlier in the episode about when uh angelus went after drusilla back in the day he tortured her family you know and so of course she thinks and everybody else thinks that uh angelus is going to go after mom joyce and he kind of does the smarter thing and goes after her chosen family that being giles um he he torments willow a little bit cordelia's just freaking out on her own because she he has the invite to her car so she gave the car to grandma because you know that's fine apparently is that a thing is that a thing with the car or i don't no, think so i think cordelia. it's just her <laughs> i was like i wrote that down because i'm like i never heard of that yeah no i think it's just her um but he, you know, Angelus decides to go after uh, 
well, obviously Jenny, but really going after Giles and and Buffy in that way. And I think, again, by the end of this episode, she's kind of determined that she, you know, needs to needs to kill him. But I would say because she has a talk with uh, her mom and I think Willow at one point uh, of the question of, you know, do you you know, do you love him uh, when when Buffy and, and Joyce are talking and she says something along the lines of I used to or I did or I thought I did or something like that. And I would argue that she does but doesn't want to admit it. So I actually see the logic in in the, the little piece that I just read about, um, you know, that if Angelus had been in human form, um, you know, people might question how could she still love him? Because every time we see, we rarely see him in vamp face, as it were. We almost always see him in human face. So pretty much any time after this, how could she still feel that for him? And I get that. Maybe, you know, maybe not to some people because he is charming and handsome and, and whatnot. Right. But right. Um, I, I, I understand the logic, at least. I have a little bromance, I guess. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, all I could, I'm not going to lie. All I could picture is uh, James uh, when we were in part, they did the shrug and I got to get a video or a picture of him doing it or something when he just did the high Buffy thing. Cause um, we, we know from past episodes, uh, our friend Lisa, who unfortunately couldn't make the episode today. Um, she's not a fan at all of, of David Boreanaz and, and whatnot, but um I think it's interesting, personally, the fact that he was you... up to here. What? Sorry, uh, I was. I did. I did like the struggles. Like cause he had it up to here with you guys. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was. <laughs> you couldn't. Well, so <laughs> so James, what do you what do you think? Um, you know, obviously you're a first time viewer as well, and you know this is a a huge episode here, um, with. Uh, a few things, not least of which is uh, the sort of thing that we're talking about, which is the you know the major plot point of uh, Jenny Calendar being uh, murdered here. So uh, really quick, um, I'll try and I know I'm usually long winded in these. Um, it was an interesting episode, um, kind of like listening to what Bill was saying. You know, like the disc, the disc. Um, anyone happens to the disc at the end, I'm just like, oh, when are they gonna find it? But um, with Mrs. Calendar, I, I wouldn't say like Marie Calendar like the food so bad. Um, but with Miss Calendar, it was an interesting episode. I didn't want her to die. I wanted her and Giles to find love. Um, so I was really like, when I was watching it, I was like, wait, no, please, like, please let it be like one of those like soapy, like, you know, she gets like wounded or hospitalized but like i don't want her to die like i don't care if like cordelia is around or not shut it but man. like at least like, james is now <laughs> uninvited from the podcast <laughs> <laughs> but no, i was like you know i really just want um i really wanted like her and giles because like you know giles he's been a watcher and i feel like it's kind of like you know almost like how like in quotation priesthood is like their jobs is just dedicated to like you know one thing it's just buffy he doesn't really quote unquote have a life outside of being the watcher. So when he got, you know, with her, um, or like he stumbled upon her and like they developed this like relationship and love, 
I was like, you know, great. Like, you know, every this show like has nothing but like love. And like that's why this episode is called Passion. You know, the passion between two lovers essentially. Um I was like, I want them to at least like be I want them to be a couple. And I was hoping that after everything that happened with like her being a gypsy, you know, him having little demons in his closet, um, I wanted that relationship to happen. I wanted them to be a thing. I was not a fan of her death. I was really sad that she died this episode. To which I say, then the creative team did their job. Because for yeah, for, for a little hurt. while now, um, and I, I don't mean this in, in any sort of disrespectful way. I feel like Bill has been a little bit more open-minded. James has been a little bit more kind of, you know, I'm I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And I feel like now passion has brought out the passion in you, James, because I feel like that's uh, probably amongst the best answers I've heard you give in terms of your kind of opinion on an episode, because I could hear it in your voice. You know, the the fact that you like something happened and, and it was a big deal. And I, I love that. I love that it's 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 there now. And I'm sure it got you on multiple fronts being what's going to happen next with Buffy versus Angelus. Where does Giles go from here? What's <clears throat> excuse me? What's going to happen with the disc? I'm sure all of those. As you're watching this in your mind, you probably heard my voice ringing true saying, you'll see. <laughs> can I make a comment about the disc? Did anybody Absolutely. notice that that when um, when Jenny was talking to them behind her, there was a sign that said, remember to back up your files on the door. She's yes. on the door to on the door to her room. There's a sign that says, remember to back up your files. Yes. And I thought how, you know, how interesting that was. There were two signs that really stuck out to me. There was the self-defense sign when Giles and Buffy were talking about how to protect her mother. There was a self-defense class. Oh, that I didn't notice, but that's funny. Behind, Yeah, behind, twice it was there. Uh, there was a, a, a sign for a self-defense class. And the the sign on the door that said, remember to back up your files on Jenny's door I thought you know like that you know and and I I think I I think that the one thing was as far as um Angelus killing Jenny um he was I think he was afraid because her her history is the ones who resold him his her ancestors are the people who resold him and I think he was afraid that she was going to figure out how to do that and, oh, for sure. I think and, I think so as well. But he played with her so much at the end because one of my notes says he's chasing her. He has super speed. Why did she get so far ahead of him? Yeah, like she he just came over with a got with a, a, a lunch cart or something. Like he went yeah. the, jan the janitor's thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but he has he has super speed. He could have whizzed around and caught her at any time. He's toying. I was actually like, I was excited like. Like adding on to like you know his abilities, I'm like Giles was kind of piecing him up a little bit, and I was like, he's a vampire. Like this wood stick shouldn't be too bad, but I was like, what's going on? Well, yeah, and then uh, it, you know, but it's it it irritates me because like Buffy came up behind him with with Giles, she could have staked him right there. 
staked him from behind, it would have been over. Yeah, I, but yeah, no <laughs> Yoda and I both like that. yeah, but the whole spinoff series. Well, I know, but it's the same thing when she was when she was at the she's at the cemetery, and she proceeds to kick the vampire's tush instead of just staking them. Yeah, I think yeah. to get some of her aggression out, truthfully. But you yeah. know, like why why go through all the hassle of beating them up? Just you you watch them come out of the ground, just. Pop up, you know, a whack a mole. Boop, they're dead. Yeah. That's it. They're, yeah, they're, they're, move on. Plunge and move on. I know Fiona's waiting. Move on. I watch these these battles <laughs> and scenes, and I just I just don't give it I, the scale of believability. I just throw out the window and I just watch it because exactly like you're saying, Ruth, they can just dispense of these guys like so quickly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Every time I, said, I, I, I mean, little, they were sitting there waiting video, for the... Spike running away again. Spike runs away every episode. Even uh, even uh, Angel tonight. Even he ran away too. Yep. At one point. Yep. But you know, it's like they sit there and wait for the for the person to come up out of the grave, yeah. which is fine. Yeah. Wait for them to come up out of the grave. When they reanimate, she fights them and then dusts them yeah. just dust them he popped up boop like i said whack a mole and you're done yeah oh i watch it this way i enjoy because I, I let that go i'm just like this is the yeah way enjoy it mom <laughs> don't analyze <laughs> wait 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 isn't that what we're doing here <laughs> yes Did i know i missed that memo, memo that just said just enjoy it and don't analyze wait wait um huh yeah 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 <laughs> is this um, reflecting and analyzing buffy <laughs> yes Oh wait, I have a question. Does anybody else want to see the bloopers from the scene where uh oh. Angelus is talking to Joyce and she drops the groceries and he's trying to help her yes. put them back in the yes, bag? Yes, I do want to see I that. Want to see I that feel like so that better. was the blooper. That like... was the blooper, honestly. Oh, that was, I, I, that but, was I, but if that's what made it in, what didn't? Right. <laughs> you know, like if that's what made it into the scene, what didn't? I thought like that's he threw funny. the orange at the road. Yeah. Yeah. And she looked yeah. at it too. She looked back. Yeah, she's like, uh, what? Um, I bought that. He's like, cause I'm evil. Yeah, but like literally, that's that's my um, that was in my notes. Was like, does anybody else want to see the bloopers from that scene? And just one more note on stretching the sense of believability. Is this the first episode that somebody actually came into the library looking for a book? So I did have that as <laughs> oh, a secondary yeah. note. This is actually the second time oh, okay. yeah, once in season one. But yes, no, that, that is definitely something I, I put. Uh, we also have students who want books from the library. I believe this is only the second time. I think it happened once in season right. one. And now we see Jonathan and another student come in here in uh, in season two. But yes, right. I definitely did want to want to bring that and up. Obscurity, like Stalin. I, I was like waiting for a Stalin reference. Maybe like down the line, it's like Schrodinger's uh, Cadigan. <laughs> <laughs> Stalin's going to come up. I'll be watching for Stalin somewhere. So I am kind of curious, Manda, um, Bill said before uh, he's only 70, even after, you know, the 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 murder in this episode and whatnot, because he's so charming, he's only 70 percent um, against Angelus as someone who is both a, an angel, Angelus and David Boreanaz fan. I'm kind of curious, one, your thoughts on this episode where we see him, I would say so far at his worst, 
uh, as a character. I believe so far in the series, this is arguably the worst we've seen him, but also kind of your comments uh, and thoughts from a first time uh, perspective that Bill has on still at this point only being 70% uh, against Angelus here. So he's only 70% against him? <laughs> uh, um, honestly, I I do like this episode, but it is a lot, like, it's creepy to me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He does toy with Jenny a lot, and I, I completely agree with James on that. Like, I really want to Giles and Jenny to get together. <laughs> Same. Like, so bad. <laughs> um, just like thinking back to the episode, I mean, it's just so, I don't know. Like, I really wanted to see Miss Calendar around longer, but I get why he did what he did. But I don't know. At the same time, I, I think. Just like Bruce said, like it could be like whack a mole, which I was laughing hysterically. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is like, I mean, she had plenty of time to kill him if she did it. But I understand why she didn't. But I don't know. I, I would think that obviously then we wouldn't have, you know, the spinoff and everything else. Right. But um, this is definitely one of my favorite episodes. But it is creepy. I and I I would agree. I think it's I, I think the the creepiness factor. I think the the fact and I mean I don't want to keep uh, harping on it, but I think the fact that we do really see, you know, Angelus being evil in his here. raw form, right? Yeah, like yeah. I think that form. I think that like lend... he was just playing with Jenny. He was he's playing with Buffy too and Giles. Like he's playing and with all Spike. Of them. How bad did he? How bad did he go at Spike? About yeah, you know he he's he's going to be able to do for Drusilla what Spike can't, and all that stuff. Like he's he's really pushing everybody's buttons in this. Spike one. had my second favorite yeah. line of the episode because it was I took it as a wrestling reference when he said, and I quote, "No fair going into the ring unless he tags you first. Yes, yep, absolutely. Very much so. <laughs> that was my that's my second favorite line of the episode. My first favorite line, however, and I forgot it was in this episode. Actually, I I to use a wrestling term, I popped when I heard the line. I had to pause it because I almost fell out of my chair laughing and clapping like a seal because it's one of my absolute favorite lines out of the entire franchise, and it it is when Angelus uh, goes and he, in that scene when he first approaches uh, Jenny in her classroom and, you know, she says, what are you doing here? He says, oh, you know, the sign outside, whatever. And they're, they're having this whole thing. And he says something along the lines of, you know, I heard blah, blah, blah. And he says, and I quote, you went to, you went shopping at the local boogity boogity store. That's my favorite line. <laughs> I love that line so much. <laughs> His delivery, the wording, like the fact that it's this super serious thing, but he says boogity boogity store. <laughs> like, yep. Yep. I, oh uh, my God. That was extremely funny. I also love, I love the shopkeeper. I love like, I, I'm going to call yeah. him that. I'm going to call him the shopkeeper because he just, the, the, the opening line that he gives to Jenny where he's like, he's like, welcome to the store. <laughs> He wasn't Dracula, dude. 
No, but he sounded he sounded tried to sound like Romanian. He's trying or to something. sound yeah. like a complete yeah. like you know, and then he goes like, "Ah, it's for the tourists." Yeah, he's like, "Oh, you're in the trade. Let me talk to it's, it." would be like me taking away my host voice, apparently. Apparently, I think this episode also like shows that like how Angelus is better. Like David Boreanaz plays better like as a, a bad character, I guess. Like the, you oh, know, he has way more fun. That's what I'm saying. Like, I just think he he seems more natural and and yeah, because it's more fun to be the heel. And that's and so with you saying that, obviously, uh, uh, the wrestling term heel and and, you know, like that's basically where that comes from. No, 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 I I know, and I'm I'm sure most everybody here knows, but yeah, uh, I was gonna say yeah for the for the listening audience that may not know, but that is something that that I want to say wrestlers, but even a lot of actors just in general kind of say is that you, you have more, you get to be more free being the bad guy because there's, you know, you don't have to worry about keeping kind of clean. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to worry about consequences. You can do the, the, it's um, like one of those things I I see, you know, clips all the time where it's like, you know, uh, so-and-so said, the silent part out loud or, you know, letting my intrusive thoughts win or, you know, any of those things, you could say all that and do all that because you're the bad guy. It doesn't matter. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just usually a losing effort, but still. If I may interject with this episode, I will say uh, Angel did like when he first came, I was like the bad guy, but he relaxed his shoulders. Um, (laughs) (laughs) that's great i will it's two 200 years of of shoulder tension um yep yeah he i will say he did feel a little bit more like natural uh in this particular sense um although i did not want the character who did have to get sacrificed this episode to get sacrificed i do like how it is going but like you can also tell like you know, he still like has that love for Buffy, even though he doesn't admit it because he was in her room, standing over her. He could have killed her at any moment. But of course, yeah, she's Harker, you're not going to do that. She like the dead. Right, this is the second yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When the when the like, egg creature was like up her nose, she never woke up. How I, I don't yeah. He was on the bed. That like, non whack-a-mole going on. Yep. He I'm was just on glad. the bed with her, and she didn't notice. She, she, don't she got doesn't. She's stuff. the worst. Like yeah. her, her senses definitely need to be refined by Giles, a hundred percent. But it's like you know, you can tell he still loves her. I do like that. You know, he is more he edgy. He her. is more like he's obsessed with well, her. Doesn't love yeah, her. I was gonna exactly. say. I don't think he it's. I don't think her. it's a love. I think it's obsession, passion, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. This is mm-hmm. this is that moment where both the Family Guy clip and the what's the the DiCaprio clip where he whistles and like points at the TV both you know that happens because I said passion oh, there it is it's the name of the episode <laughs> uh, <laughs> um but yeah no I I don't necessarily think it's I think angel and I I know I'm not saying anyone here per se but I know that sometimes uh some of the you know the fandom and whatnot have a difficult time with it but I think angel loves her loved her. I think Angelus is obsessed with her. I think he's he also. I think it's because Angel loved her. I yeah. think he's. Yeah. I think he's obsessed with her because Angel loved her. Yeah. He's yeah. mad about it. He's mad that he had to feel what Angel felt. 
felt. And he yep. he kind of yeah. implies that right when he's when he you know throws the computer down and whatnot, and he says something along the lines of uh, you know not going back to that or whatever. Uh, I can't remember the exact line that he says. If I had the script book, uh, <laughs> but no, he 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 does say something like you know uh, after all those years, as as James said, you know, two hundred years of uh, shoulder tension. He doesn't necessarily want to go back to that. So, uh, yeah, I definitely think that um, the the things that Angel did and liked and all of that become the things that Angelus wants to hurt and eventually destroy the most. Um, I have a question, though. Uh, why is Spike still in a wheelchair? Well, we do. I was actually just going to bring up the the Spike and Drusilla thing. So we do okay. see uh, his face has healed a little bit more. Um, that's definitely something that we're that we're seeing over the course of the last few episodes. Since I want to say it was what's my line, right? When he got kind of toppled mm -hmm. in that in that ritual, um, yeah. And his face has definitely been healing, uh, but we do still see that he is in the wheelchair. So I thought that was kind of an interesting thing, especially talking before about um, the fact that you know uh, Angelus uh, does should or whatever have um you know super strength and whatnot we we uh, i believe we talked about it during the surprise and innocence episode the fact that uh super healing isn't necessarily one of the the strengths of the vampires in this lore so uh the fact that he is still in the wheelchair i thought was uh kind of interesting there it's joss punishing him yeah <laughs> <laughs> Now, is there um, any document? I'm sorry to interrupt. One more. Is there any documented issues with the actress who plays Jenny and him that she was the first one to really bite it? Because uh, not that I know of. Okay. I no, I think she was just the example. I remember it's like the thing in in Friends, Paul. Who was the director who at the beginning of every every play or whatever or every movie fired oh, somebody? Uh, they taught. Um, I think it's. Chandler says Orson Welles used to do that. He would hire someone just to fire them. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So I believe, you know, I believe like... that's an that's an old Orson Welles thing. He would hire someone just to fire them to show everyone he was the boss. Uh, I don't know if that's yeah. necessarily the case here because I think because um, obviously we've seen Jenny Calendar since season one. You know, right, but she was there and then she was gone and then she was there and then she was gone. Like she's been in and out. She hasn't been a consistent every episode. Right. Uh, well, like I said, I, I had read a thing that said initially it was supposed to be Oz, but they they felt that uh, there might be more to do with his character. So I don't necessarily think it was anything that the actress did or that he did to the actress. I think it was just a matter of they needed someone, uh, and especially someone within the you know inner circle, if you will, um, to die again to show that uh, you know I believe that it was something along you know he I, I read it before where you know he's not just a little evil, he's not just grouchy, like he is full on, you know, the big bad at this point now. He's not just snarky angel. Right. Um, 
one or two other little kind of notes that I that I did write that I thought were interesting were um, the fact that uh, they give Giles, obviously not in time, we understand that, but they give Giles the materials uh, that he would need to perform the uninviting spell on his home. Uh, but we've actually never seen uh, Angel be invited into Giles' home. So clearly that happened at some point off camera. Uh, mm, yeah i i do want to i am kind of curious actually just because that it's it sometimes comes up on the show just the concept of you know other vampire lores and things um uh, really i'll open this question to to anyone um i'm just kind of curious this is the first time that we really see the concept of an uninviting spell at least here in this uh particular lore so um, it's not something we really have talked about so much. I don't know. I, I, I don't remember. And James will probably say, well, we did, but you said we'll see. Um, but uh, I don't really remember if we've kind of talked about that within the last few episodes, because even the episode right before this, um, I thought about it when we were when I watched that one. And when we were discussing that episode, the bewitched bothered and bewildered episode because um angel or i'm sorry angelus see i do it myself sometimes um when xander and cordelia run up into buffy's room xander says something along the lines of okay safe now and angelus you know kind of peeks his head in grabs xander and says you know think again or something like that and that right there sparked it in my mind that like oh yeah that's coming up soon the fact that he you know is going to be uninvited because he was he he was still there you know and i know that it's something um in uh later i mean obviously years later in the vampire diaries uh in one of the early episodes i want to say it was maybe season 1 if not early super early season 2 where um there was a vampire spoiler alert there was a vampire posing as a pizza delivery person and got invited in to set the pizza down while the person went to get their wallet and then later on they realized this is a vampire and no matter what they have to kill that person they have to kill that vampire because he's been invited so once and they say it here once you've been invited you know that's that's it you don't have to be invited every time and so i thought it was interesting that that kind of comes up here the concept of an uninviting spell yeah i, I thought about that when i was watching it the other day too i because i didn't i wasn't on that episode but when i saw him yoink uh xander through the window i thought oh yeah i've got to get on get on on that where they he can't get in there Another thing, just with regards to the uninviting spell, I'm kind of curious if anybody had thoughts on this. So um, mm -hmm. up until this point, we haven't... So it's in this episode where uh, Joyce, Buffy's mom, finds out that uh, Buffy and Angel slept together because Angelus tells her. And it is... Oh right okay that i couldn't have used words that sound effect oh. that kiona just gave us summed it up perfectly that was so, that so, was so manipulative so he tells her she finally gets the door open 
runs in the house as Willow and Buffy are coming down the stairs and Willow has just finished up the uninviting spell because he gets, you know, he gets hit kind of by the by the barrier. Was there no question? Because again, in a few a scene or two from ne- from then, we see where where Joyce and Buffy have the conversation about you know this huge step that Buffy has taken in her life and whatever. We could get to that in just a moment. Does Joyce not question like why is Willow randomly reciting Latin while I'm walking into running into the house? Um, well, Buffy says something about. He's he's allergic or something because they had like incense or something. And she said something about him having bad allergies that kept him out. You know. But still, the Ma- it's the Latin thing that gets me. Eh. Like the fact that she hurt, she would have heard it as she's running it, into the house. <laughs> it's Willow. You never know what's going to come yeah. out of that child's mouth. Plus, she, didn't she wake up in the basement with eggs in her hand or something? Yeah, all right. Fair enough. I'll give, I'll give you that. I guess I'm the she one was... overanalyzing now. And <laughs> didn't, doesn't she have a memory? Because they all have a memory of what happened with Xander. Doesn't she have a memory of hitting on... Well, Il- that one, yes. That one she's actively trying to repress. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about that. Yeah. Right. We don't talk about Bruno or Xander. Yeah. Um, but the, and then... I thought, the, my, sorry, my... my uh, my note for that conversation with the with the talk was were you safe um yeah 300 year old sperm i'm thinking she's pretty good yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's a ve- not that we want to get into this but Sorry. i'm just going to say that's a very interesting anatomical question right uh you mean the blood flow question yeah that well, supremely not just not just blood does anything else properly flow? That's all I'm going to say. Is there is there is there a conclusion? Well, did Dracula ever have hmm. kids? I mean, well, I'm going back to yeah, the original lore of vampires. <laughs> did he have children? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, can you have a vampire kid? I don't know. Well, I just mean the fact that like, never mind. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go into it. Um, he he had a moment of happiness. Okay, Paul. We yes, yes. Leave it there. He had a moment of like, of, of contentment, and love. Right, and, and that's the thing is so, is yes, was there is a conclusion. Uh, I'm. I might argue this though because the question becomes: Was the moment of happiness? So if he had, if he had. God, I can't believe I'm going to I say think, this, especially with my mother on the podcast. The if he had just jerked off all the way through, <laughs> oh good god, and with the person that he was with. <laughs> Sorry, Bill, <laughs> but I'm just this is no, this is I, I think again, it's it's a weird question, but like legitimately, if he had just pleased himself, I'll say it that way. I don't think that it would have been the same. I think it was the culmination of. Being with with Buffy and because was and that's the other question of was the moment of pure happiness then or was it the for lack of a better phrase the afterglow because it it had they like they 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 have sex and then I don't know how long afterwards when they're when they were you know laying there asleep but that's when he wakes up naked runs outside somehow has clothing on and you know his, his <laughs> so, I truly, I truly feel this way in real life. 
It's about the journey, not the destination. So, you know, yes. Yeah, I think it's the whole journey along with the, like he felt that contentment through that whole thing. Right. right. That's what I'm saying. I'm, that's why I'm kind of curious it's if we if we think happy, it's like the contentment of it. Right. Exactly. So we. So I we, think we, it's we, the connection with. Hey, Buffy. Now, me and Amanda are on the same page again. I think I'm. I'm. I'm a woman. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's 2023, Bill. You could be yeah. anything you want to okay, be. Good. Thank you, Amanda. Thank no, you. I just I understand it from their their perspective of like just when watching it, like that's what it comes down to. It's not the whole. It's not the point of happiness. It's the point of contentment. Right. That he feels like he all those people that he killed is not a burden anymore. Right. Well, it's, well that's yeah. again that's Again, that's the why, lack of guilt. That's that's my question. Was I don't think it was the the conclusion of sex i think it was the the all kind of, of the the yeah all of it and again i'll i'll even include kind of that that afterglow for lack of a better phrase kind of in there too where cuz he can he could kind of be there and you know this right here laying here you know what everything that our relationship is everything we just did and now her laying here in my arms in my bed this is happiness well yeah and i i think i think some of it too can be the the perfect trust that she put in him knowing what he was and who he is and still being in that position with him yeah that has to that has to be a lot because of you know all the people that he killed and all the things that he did and she still was willing to to you know put herself in a very vulnerable I don't want to say position because you know we're not going to go there, but yeah, no, I get it. Um, but yes, yeah, so so going based off of the uh, the conversation that uh, Joyce and and Buffy have, obviously, I'm not going to ask. It's not my business. Any you know conversations or anything that anyone had with their parents or that any parents have had with their kids. I do think kind of based off of the the point that that uh, Ruth brought up where Joyce's thing, of course, because she doesn't know, right? She doesn't have all the information, but just the the thing of, you know, were you safe and whatnot. Um, but I do think it's interesting that Joyce is more not upset that that Buffy, you know, took this next step. But I think it's just I think it was kind of the same thing that that Giles was upset with. Right. It was it was. And I think we talked about it a few episodes ago. It may have even been the surprise and innocence episode, um, but where it was more. Buffy doesn't have to feel guilty for doing what she did. Right. Because it's a it's a it's a beautiful, natural human thing, you know, all that sort of stuff. But um it's more just the the kind of emotional stuff behind it, you know, like obviously Joyce's thing is like, were you safe? But Joyce is, I think, more upset with you did this, you did something of a of a big step like this, but you, I'm going to say it, any, any, anyone really, correct me if I'm wrong, because all of you are either older than me or parents yourselves. You're mature enough to do this, but you weren't mature enough to tell me, your parent, that you were even involved with this person. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think some of that was hurt on her on her part that you that she didn't tell, you know, that she didn't tell her that there was this big milestone. The fact that she was dating somebody, not the fact that she, 
you know, took it to the next level, but just even the fact that she was dating and didn't, didn't have the conversation. Um, my, I, I kind of chuckled when, when Giles is going, well, do, do you think I should go talk to them? And Willow's like, no. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I also I would go listen to the mix. I mean, I come from a broken home. I know a lot of people come from, you know, <clears throat> I my kids come from a broken home. I mean, I think kids they see what they see from up top. So I I don't know if that has anything to do with it too, because the fact that her parents are divorced does that have something to do with it? You mean that she wasn't comfortable telling like, her she's like doing her own thing, where something like that is her own, you know. She doesn't feel obligated to to share that kind of stuff with her, you know. Well, yeah, but I mean, I would think that, you know, if you're dating somebody, that's something you at least want to tell your parent, yeah. you know. Like, Not all the time, I guess. Well, so, I mean, if you're dating somebody with enough feeling to want to move it to the next level, your parents should at least know that you are dating somebody. Right. So I'm going to I'm going to say I do agree with both of you because on I mean even let's let's just keep it like on the the plane of Buffy, right? So on the one hand, Buffy has this huge secret that she can't tell her mother, right? So she's already keeping a huge part of her life minute by minute day by day secret by being the slayer and sneaking out and having these weapons in her home and you know, you know, hanging out a little too much with the with the librarian and and you know whatever obviously we know there's nothing you know untoward there but it's it's happening it's there it's you know these these kids hanging out with this teacher and whatnot well, and he's gonna have more time on his hands now so you never know i'm sorry <laughs> oh. <laughs> give him a minute Ouch. to grieve you know <laughs> um but you know what I mean? So she's already keeping keeping this massive secret. But on the other hand, you would think that after what Buffy went or sorry. Yeah, well, no, really what Buffy went through and what she saw her mother go through with the Ted episode. Oh, wait, you're dating someone. You didn't tell me you were dating this person. Oh, wait, this person turns out to be terrible, even though I knew that they were terrible. Oh, it's just back to being the two of us. Oh, you had my back. I'm going to have your back. All that stuff, right? Like there was, she she says multiple things in that episode. And I feel like we, uh, I mean, there's a lot about that episode that I think is really good. And that's kind of why we did two episodes about it. But she, you know, there's, there's a lot of things about, you know, sort of the summer's women in that episode, right? Like Buffy, you know, makes the comment of like, you know, uh, she knows that Joyce is already going to say, you know, not a lot of guys knocking on the door. And, you know, the, the, even, I think it was the episode after that, which I want to say was bad eggs, but um, something about, you know, it's, it's the two of them going to watch, maybe it was even at the end of the Ted episode, you know, the two of them going to, going to watch a movie and it's, it's just going to be back to being the two of them, whatever you would think that after all of that that she was that she noticed that Joyce was through and that she was kind of put through with the surprise of like oh wait mom's dating someone and I get it teenagers don't necessarily think about that stuff right it's not it's how everything affects me not how every how anything affects anyone around me how will this affect my mom whatever but on the on you know the opposite argument of that I'm having a debate with myself on the opposite argument of that 
Buffy is a little bit more mature because of the whole Slayer thing. So I can definitely see kind of both aspects of you would you would want to tell, but I, I get Bill's point of, you know, she's kind of already covering things up and, you know, she's kind of off doing her own thing. Mom has her own stuff to worry about. So I'm just going to kind of live my life over here. Well, realistically, her mom is so like oblivious to her life anyway. Like she could have told her mother that she was, that she was dating somebody. Her mother doesn't pay enough attention to, realize what's happening yeah. yeah as a parent you would know too you would pick up on a lot of stuff and she's not well yeah anything if my kid was sneaking out in the middle of the night i think i'd notice right exactly i never snuck out i had nowhere to go <laughs> i had no real life friends <laughs> um i want i had one or two other points that i wanted to make uh, I have I have a I have a note. So at the end, when when they get the call about Jenny, right? And Buffy gets the call and she starts to cry and she sits down on the floor. And then Willow gets the hand, she hands Willow the phone. Willow's got the phone. Joyce comes in and hugs Willow. Walked right past Buffy on the floor to hug Willow. So I have the, uh, so two things about that scene that I found while I was uh, doing a little bit of research. One, apparently the um, the production crew set up the phones to work realistically so that uh, Anthony Stewart Head could actually talk to Sarah Michelle Gellar and uh, Allison Hannigan to tell him that, to be the one to actually deliver those lines to them so that they could react to him saying that thought that was incredibly interesting um and then i did i did find a, a bit of the dialogue that we don't really hear because obviously we kind of see everything from angelus's point of view as he's watching them find out this information and it, it goes uh thusly willow so it was horrible buffy it wasn't too horrible the phone rings hello Giles, Buffy, Buffy, Giles, hey, we just finished the spit. Giles, Jenny, Miss Calendar, she's been killed. Buffy, what? Giles, it was Angel. Buffy drops the phone. Willow, Buffy, Giles, Giles, Willow, Angel's killed Jenny. Willow, what? No. Oh, no. Joyce. Willow? My God. Buffy, what's wrong? Has something happened? So I think that kind of lends to it because Buffy was kind of like zoned out. Yeah. But yeah. And I, mean, I thought I thought too, going back to Lost, there was a music cue that kind of drags you into the scene emotionally. Um, I don't know what was playing. It was some kind of opera song, I think. Or uh, Believe it or not, I actually have a note about the opera, too. <laughs> yeah, but that's what kind of made you emotional, and that's what the key to Lost was, you know, yep. that those musical cues that, that dragged the emotion out of you. So the guy... Michael yeah. Giacchino, Paul? Michael Giacchino from Lost. It wasn't this show. Uh, the guy who did this show, uh, I think, I don't know if it's Christoph. Is it Chris? Is that how you pronounce it, Christoph? Because it has the E I at the end. I think it's Christoph. Sure. I think it's yeah. Christoph. Um, 
he's actually gone on to do a crap ton of yeah. other amazing things. Yep. Um, I have the, really good. I had the page open. Let me see if I could find it so I could see uh, some of the other stuff that people would know him from. Okay, so uh, his the opening of his Wikipedia page uh, says he did the soundtrack for the Muppets, Muppets Most Wanted, Frozen, and the sequel. Some of the stuff from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, including mm-hmm. Ant Man, Ant Man and the Wasp, and Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania, WandaVision, Hawkeye. Uh, he did Free Guy. He also did the 20th Century uh, Studios 100th Anniversary logo. And he did the music for Shazam! Fury of the Gods, amongst other mm. things, including winning an Emmy in 1998, this year of Buffy, for Buffy. So, yeah, he's he's fantastic, musically yeah. speaking. I, um, I really enjoy his scores and his work. Uh, particularly the WandaVision theme, not like not like the parody theme, but like just the the actual like theme that he wrote for the show that plays yeah. over the credits. Yeah, it's really good. Um, but I definitely do agree with with what you said, Bill. It is it, it's it's very good. The the musical thing. The the note I had about the opera is the tenor who recorded the piece of opera used when Giles discovers Jenny's body wasn't even aware that his performance had been used on the show until it aired. One of his wow. daughters told him, since the recording company owned the rights, no one had informed him, but thankfully he was delighted that it was included. Yeah, and then he said, where's the, where's the my money? He's like, where's my money? <laughs> where's my royalty? <laughs> where's, the, where's the my cash? <laughs> um, yeah, Does no. Say it, what opera that was? Uh, I could probably find it here. Give me just a sec. Um, I'm curious. Just curious. Hmm. Poor Giles thought he was going to get lucky. (laughs) That is such a scene. That's heartbreaking. It's just heartbreaking. I just, I love Anthony Stewart Head's uh, performance of that scene, of the way that he, like, you know, and I'm not, I'm, I do not like it when they just kill off characters just to give somebody else a, a chance to play stuff like, you know, as that like as an objective, you know, for the for the next character to get all upset or anything. But it's just that like it's just his performance was so in the moment. Well, yeah. And when you see him, he, he's like he walks in and there's all the things and he like slicks his hair back and got it's got that. Yeah. Like I'm gonna, I'm I, like I said, he's got the I'm lucky. Fa- I'm gonna get lucky face on, and then because he was so in love with her in that moment. Well, yeah, well, yeah the look on his face when she said that she was in love with him mm-hmm. earlier in the show, yeah. and and that you know it was like just ugh. it twists the knife, yeah, even more when he finds, yeah, it, it's oh, especially because her head is turned to look towards yes. the door. Oh God. So I found sadistic. <laughs> I found what the piece well, that's is. Angelus. That's Angelus, yeah. Oh yeah, so what the, is the piece? I'm curious. So it's I I'm not gonna pronounce it correctly in okay. the original uh thing. It's from La Boheme. Oh okay. La Boheme. It's actually yeah. uh the the translation is Oh Gentle Maiden. And the performers for this particular uh episode are Jonathan Welch and oh goodness Luba Organasova. Mm. 
So yeah, but it's it it is originally from uh from La Boheme. Um, uh, I, I have a small uh, fact. Go for it. My fifth grade fifth grade senior trip for grammar school was to the Metropolitan Opera House to see La Boheme. Oh, that's cool. That, that was about a hundred mm-hmm. years ago. <laughs> <laughs> as long ago as, aren't I older than you? Uh, probably not. There's not many. <laughs> Sorry, that was the, that was the best way to respond to that line. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I am, but okay. Um, the only thing I can't, I could not find, and if somebody can find it out there, I would love to know the artwork, the like the sketches on like the parchment paper. Oh yeah, cannot find who did them. Hmm. And you I guys mean, know I me. Think I... they, nowadays, that would be like you know some kind of app would do that. Yeah, but that they didn't have that stuff. Right, then. right. Glad to be hand drawn. That's pretty wild. Right, and that's yeah. and I mean, you guys know me. I'm I tend to be able to you know if I want to find something, I tend to be able to find it. But I cannot find a single thing about who did those art pieces. So if anybody out there, if you guys know, or if you could find it, or if anybody out there can find it, let me know because I I think they deserve to get you know, some sort of credit or, you know, we'll give yeah. them at least a shout out on the podcast. If they could do some original artwork. I, you know, we might, uh, you know, I'll chip in and commission it. Um, but yeah, I thought it was, it was fantastic. The, uh, the sketches, uh, and you'll, you'll bid, you'll bid what on the charisma uh, sketch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have, I have a paycheck coming up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure my landlady would be okay if I didn't pay rent for a month. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but uh, I, I mean, I'm trying to think if there's anything else kind of story-wise. One thing I did love, uh, it's not so much story, it is just more the uh, the the directing style, which I'll get into in a moment. Um, but kind of, I think it was at the beginning uh, when... Buffy's doing all of the you know she's she's out at the bronze and whatnot and it kind of goes along with the whole how does she not notice anything when she's asleep and it it all goes back to something from the very first episode right it's it's either it's I think it's the first episode either the first or second you know because they're kind of a two-part thing when they're in the bronze and Giles gets uh, I believe uh mom you said it uncomfortably close to Buffy uh kind of during that opening thing and he says you know like who here you know basically like look around scope out the room who here is the vampire and she easily points out because like oh they're wearing clothing from the 70s or whatever which was obviously something they dropped very early on but he's trying to tell her to like hone her skills and you know determine who is the vampire who isn't and you know all of those things and obviously the 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 few episodes here with the sleep and then there's another moment earlier in the episode where her willow xander and cordelia are coming out of the bronze and it looks like there's a couple making out that they walk past but it turns out obviously it's angelus um whether it be killing someone or what have you um well, he won't hit her because he dropped her then right that's what i'm saying but The fact that Buffy didn't notice that, again, Mm -hmm. I think it lends into the the fact that, like, maybe 
her skills need a little bit of work, which we kind of talked about before with the fact that, you know, like, and I mean, we've seen in, in a few episodes, right. And we talked about it uh, a little bit more at length in a previous episode, like she's having the the dreams, the visions and whatnot. That's something like, you know, the slayers have and all, but um, she doesn't necessarily, she has the strength, right. Obviously we see that she's able to kind of hold her own, even if she's not, you know, very much plunge and move on with the, with the whack-a-mole sort of thing, but she has the strength. She can, she can hold her own arguably against, you know, pretty much any of these, these villains that she's come up against, but the kind of sense of surroundings, I guess that I think is, is something that she needs to work on. And again, I think two things in this episode and the, uh, the purple egg episode, uh kind of showed us that yeah something that i noticed purple when the purple egg could put its tentacles up her nose and she didn't notice (laughs) right right yeah we'll say her senses are super dull like she didn't notice angelus was at like the club she didn't notice like he was stalking her house i feel like it was like although she was a slayer and this episode, she was like completely oblivious to like him just like around her the entire time. And I'm just like, you should be able to like sense this and like know this. And especially like how close they were, like she should be able to like sense his presence to yeah, some degree. She used to sense him like, before, before she really knew who he was, she could sense him. Exactly. So like I feel like even now it should be more like honed in, like, oh, he's near. But yeah, she's yeah. just like kind of like in like la la land to some degree, and it's just like oh, like you know, she's in the club dancing, like he's like staring her down. Like I'm, I, I can't be the only one that you can feel when someone's like staring at you. Like, well, yeah. and I, I'm not a slayer. <laughs> but so he was on like, her bed, literally on her bed, exactly. stroking her face, and she didn't wake up. Right. And how long does it take to sketch that picture? I mean, I know he has like speed, you know, speed demon style, but that's gonna take a long time to sketch that picture. Yep. Oh, 100%. Like, it's, I feel like this episode, like, her sense, I don't know if it's, if it's just, like, you know, for store building, but her senses were, like, super dull. I think it's a little bit of both. Like, I think, I think this, I think I'm going to give you a, a not as, as overdramatic you'll see, but I'm pretty sure, if my memory serves, I'm pretty sure it's both. I think it's a matter of, it, it is kind of a, a story building thing like an arc thing for her character but i think it's also just a matter of the a, a little a little lack of of writing well uh, I, on, I think some of part. it is the fact that she's just so overwhelmed by everything that's happened that she's you know but the problem is and i know that it's whatever she can't be oh i know because no matter what the weight of the world is always on her shoulders. Yep. We think we think Angel had shoulder tension. You know what I mean? Like, yep. think about what Buffy has to deal with. I can't even yep. get through it without laughing. <laughs> He's literally the guard of the Hellmouth. You know, right, like, right. Guardian, let's say. Um. So one thing I want to, but I, I mean, I'm not saying you know necessarily that like we're ready to get out of here. But one thing I definitely want to make sure that I note is uh, this episode. What we talked about the music, um, I said about the the kind of directing style. Uh, I liked the 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 fact that 
you know, we kind of see all these different shots of uh, Angelus kind of stalking her and whatnot. Um, the episode was uh, written by Ty King, who only worked, only wrote, got written credit for two episodes, that being Some Assembly Required earlier in the season. That was the um, Cordelia May Have Been the Bride of Frankenstein episode. And then uh, this episode, Passion. Um, the director of this episode was Michael Gershman, who from the very beginning of the series, or maybe second episode, whatever, but from the beginning of the series basically uh, was and continued to be the cinematographer on the mm -hmm. series. Um, this was actually his first time ever uh, directing, um, uh, at least for Buffy. He might, I'm, I'm looking here, it says that he also served as a director and cinematographer for Crossing Jordan, but I think that came much later than this. <laughs> yes. Um, uh he he worked on some other things uh he later on for an episode that i can't wait for us to discuss to discuss i'm not going to say the name of the episode but later on um he actually uh got an emmy uh nomination um for cinematography for an episode of this series uh he unfortunately passed away in 2018 and for as much flack as we do give uh the creator of this show um he did uh, put a quote out there when uh, Michael Gershman passed. And I, I think it's a, a fantastic quote. Uh, mm -hmm. He says, quote, TV fantasy was all fisheye lenses and purple gels with a budget of $0 DP director of photography, later director, Michael Gershman made Buffy look grown up and gorgeous. It helped define the show more than people know. Great guy, great eye, RIP, unquote. We give mm -hmm. him a lot of flack. Most, if not all of it is due. But I think that is a very good quote, a very nice quote for, for one of his colleagues and someone who uh, obviously being the director of photography uh, did help kind of craft the the appearance of the show. And again, in terms of the show, we do give it a lot of flack for a lot of the cheesy 90s goodness and whatnot. But I think we can all agree that in comparison to some other whether it be supernatural fantasy shows like like uh, was said there, or even just kind of other 90s shows in general, it definitely has its own tone and definitely something that by comparison wasn't necessarily being done at the time visually. Right. And I That's a lot of great first shots. Time, first time watcher perspective, we are leaps and bounds from season one. Yes. Mm -hmm. from cinematically mm -hmm. enjoyable um believe believable only because of the cinematography improvement um and the monster of the week silliness that was more prevalent in season one um but enjoying it well i'm very glad to hear that um yeah. i i and i'm sure uh kiona having been on uh, uh since season one as well ruth having been on um i i love hearing uh i mean i lo obviously i love hearing that you guys anybody is enjoying uh this thing that means so much to me and and most if not all of us here um but uh the over these episodes hearing the change in perspective from bill and from james um as the first time viewers um i i absolutely love hearing that um did we have anything else that we wanted to talk about with regards to the episode Passion? 
I'm passionately giving it a thumbs up. Nice. Ditto. No, I think we we covered, well, from my side, I think we covered pretty much all of it pretty solidly. Okay. Covered everything. So yeah, with that, um, and you know, obviously, like I said, the uh, the the whole you know change, um, kind of Bill just said it there, the cinematography and whatnot, and and the uh, the more serialized storytelling. Uh, spoiler alert: We're going back to a monster of the week next time we talk. So. Uh... <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> We are. I, I I I just looking and I remembered what the next episode is. Um, but yes, we are going back to a a, a more monster of the week. But episode. There are good ones coming, so don't yes. don't don't yes. despair. As long as it's not uh, a giant praying mantis, I'll be fine. No, no. Uh, but the <laughs> the episode is uh, entitled mm. "Killed by Death," which is a fantastic name for an episode. Let me tell you. Um, so yes, we will be talking about that episode next time we get together. But before that, if anybody wants to, uh, reach out to any of us, where can they find us all across the internet, uh, in no particular order, uh, Ruth, Kiona, Bill, James, Manda. Uh, I'm on Facebook, uh, my name or just plain crazy face art. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Neoplasmic24, and you can also find me on RenegadePopCulture.com. I'm on Facebook as Bill Cava, B-I-L-L-K-A-V-A. I'm also on Instagram under the same, also Bagels and Places on Instagram. And here's my long rap sheet of places. Um, Instagram and Facebook is the same, Jamerson Taylor. Uh, Twitch is B-L-K-B-A-S-T-29, and TikTok is Jamerson496. You can find more about me on Twitter and Instagram at JPGRB. You can find more about all of us collectively at Clock Shelves on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's C-L-O-C-K-S-H-E-L-V-E-S. Thank you all for joining me for the episode Passion. Uh, I hope we did the episode Justice. Uh, I hope we did the uh, conversation and uh, eulogy, if you will, for Jenny Callender Justice. Um, and I'm excited as we are only about like three or four episodes away from the end of season two, I want to say. So I'm really excited to see kind of how we uh, how we wrap this up for the season and how the reactions are and all that sort of stuff. So uh, I'm excited uh, to see where we're going from here. Again, next episode is Killed by Death. That will be what we discuss next here on Buffyverse and Converse. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you had a fantastic time. Take care.